Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Victor Mark Show. I'm excited to introduce you a fascinating guest we have today on the program. I'm going to be visiting with Tom Tommaso to discuss his experience as a soldier, leader, warrior, and trainer. Now, Tom spent 20 years in the Army. He's earned many awards for his heroism, including a Silver Star, two Legions of Merit, and we will also talk about his vision of continuous service to America through his organization, D Company, D-Dash Company, for leaders and training. You can actually find out more about his company. Just put in your browser, D, a little hyphen dash, C-O dot U-S, to find out more about his training and leadership programs. Now let's jump into a conversation with Mr. Tom D. Tommaso on this edition of the Victor Mark Show. Tom, welcome to the program, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time to get together with us. Thank you very much, Victor. I, I appreciate the time. Absolutely. If I could just say one yeah. thing, Victor, because sure. I don't know, uh, I don't know how much Jeff has told you about my background or anything like that. Um, Jeff and I served in the same unit. Well, and he speaks so highly of you. Uh, he thinks the world of you and he's pretty good for a short guy. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah he is for a little guy. He's a, he's a pretty good fighter and, but yeah. he's got a bigger heart as well. I know I pick on him because we get on the mat. That guy's like a doggone chainsaw on crack. Yeah. And, uh, he, he's an exceptional warrior. I mean, I, I don't know any other way human, yeah. but he's, he's gifted. He's definitely a break glass in time of war fella. And he is. I am so thankful to have him on our team uh, pursuing bad guys. One of the things about Jeff, uh, I was a B squadron commander in the Army Special Operations Command, and he came over uh, kind of a, in an in extremis role. I was not there when he came over. I had left the squadron. He came over as a troop commander to replace a, a previous troop commander that was there. But I knew a lot of the guys because I came from that squadron. And when he came there, he stepped into that troop and not a lot of, they were a little leery of him because he was from a sister squadron. But, you know, it's, it's kind of when we run our downrange events that, that Kenny Thomas probably told you about for civilians, and then we run our sure. Mungadai events for military and tactical teams, we always say that natural leaders will emerge during hardship. Mm. And mm. it was a great example where the guys are going out doing hard missions and you got a brand new troop commander stepping in from a different squadron and he did great. So I, I can't give him a better compliment other than to tell that part of the story. I, I don't think there's a better compliment a person can get than from his colleagues. Right. And the accolades that, that those who've served with him have given, it's just a testament to who he is. Right. Yeah. And, uh, we're, when we're grateful, uh, the Army benefited, Special Operations Command benefited, and now our counter-sex trafficking, counter-pedophile organization is benefiting as well. I, it's like I told Jeff, every time you're around, bad people get caught. What What is up with that? <laughs> so professional men and women we're grateful Absolutely. for and thankful that you're spending time with us today. Now, now I want to back up 
and ask you a few questions and see if you can get the answers. All right. Do you remember how many times you've been deployed? Oh, no, I, I do not. I could give you, <laughs> uh, I know it's nine, nine times to Iraq, four times to Afghanistan, uh, two times to Africa, and six times to Bosnia, and a whole lot of training in between. Whoa. I think. Wow. I okay. think those are the and numbers. Close enough. We're going to say a lot. Uh, man. Now, is there any specific deployment that sticks out in your mind? You're known for Mogadishu. You're known in, in other theaters for, yeah. for war and being a leader of some of the most elite troops, man. So what, what sticks out in your mind out of all your deployments? I would tell you, Victor, again, I, it's a it's a blessing and a curse, right? So uh, I can remember certainly yep. the, the Battle of Mogadishu when I was in the Rangers. I was a platoon leader in Bravo Company, 2nd Platoon, Bravo Company, 3rd Ranger Battalion, and I participated in the battle uh, in Mogadishu known as, as Black Hawk Down. And certainly that sticks out in my head. Obviously, it was kind of the the beginning for me. I was a young 26-year-old first lieutenant. I'd been with that infantry platoon for nearly a year and a half, so I knew the folks uh, in the platoon. I knew the men. I knew their families. Uh, matter of fact, my wife mm -hmm. hosted a platoon party the night of October 3rd at Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, of course, they didn't know what was happening oh, at the okay. time, but a lot of the platoon families were at my house that night. Oh, my. Uh, it was a blessing in disguise, to be honest with you, with all the, the casualty reports uh, that were coming back. Certainly, that sticks out in my head, and I could talk about that battle and, and what I saw men do for each other. I could talk to you about it for hours, but uh, I would say that, mm. yeah, and I had a chance to serve with those men and others in Bosnia, Africa, again, uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, and uh, probably the next, and there's a few that really stick out in my head, and I think it's when we took casualties, when we sustained casualties on our own, mm. that sticks out the most because it's a whole different switch when something happens when your men get hurt. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you say mm. your men. Well, you know, and they were about the same age of me, and some of them were older than me, but from a commander's perspective, you're responsible for everything they do and fail to do uh, on the battlefield that your unit fails to do or does on the battlefield. You're the responsible person. You're the commander, and the buck has to stop with you. And uh, we do a lot of teaching uh, leadership planning and decision-making is our number one course that we teach in our company at DECO. And one of the things we talk about is the significance of the commander and the role of the commander and the senior enlisted advisor, as the Army calls them, senior enlisted advisor. It, to me, it's that that enlisted man or woman that is the command team. You know, you have the commander who's typically is an officer. And then you have the, the senior NCO, typically where I come from or my last really 15 years in the Army, I had a command sergeant major or sergeant major. Uh, and we were the command team together and it rests the responsibility of what happens on the battlefield rests with those two people, with the commander and the sergeant major or the troop sergeant major or the platoon sergeant at the platoon level. It rests with those two. And it is a shared experience. It's a unique experience. You know, a lot of folks, they serve in the military, but a very small percentage actually command in the military. You have that command team, that senior NCO and that, and that officer together. And that relationship is so special. I'm so close to the men 
men and women that I serve with in that relationship over the past 20 years, a lot of them actually work in our company. But uh, to answer your question briefly, I think the last rotation for me over to Afghanistan, uh, I served as a joint task force commander with over 1,200 folks uh, specifically under my charge, uh, civilians, uh, foreign mm. squadrons from special operations units. It was fantastic. It was an incredible experience. And I think I would tell you that one hurt the most, I think. Uh, and really my last squadron rotation as a squadron commander at the O5 level hurt the most just because we, we took, uh, quite a few casualties from the time frame from 2006 to 2008, I think I had to go see a heart doctor after that rotation because I just physically was a little bit uh, run down, I think, at the end of that rotation, that particular rotation to Iraq. And I think, you know, to, to put it simply, you just care for them so much and uh, yeah. you are giving them orders and, you know, you're sending Sergeant Major Horsley, Sergeant Major Barnett down route Irish again where you know they're going to get blown up. They know it and you know it, and you're the one telling them to do it. The responsibility lies on your shoulders. And I think a lot of folks, uh, they're never exposed to that. And it's just a unique experience. Yeah. You know, it means a lot coming from you because there's a lot of people listening right now and they understand pressure and stress, but not at the level of, Decisions they make can cost lives. And it is something very heavy to carry that burden because something has to be done. There's a mission at hand. Now, I'm going to mention a name, and I'm going to look for the smile on your face. I know I know his call sign was Ironhead, but uh, look, there you go. I know Ironhead. <laughs> so he's a dear friend, yep. good brother. Uh, we're, we're talking yep. about Greg Birch and he actually, my first pump into Iraq with our high risk humanitarian group, I called him Tom and I said, uh, Sergeant major, I said, uh, I got a place for you to go with me. It's unbelievable beach. It, there's so much beach. It, they're just lacking sand. And, uh, he was quiet and he said, Victor, I did not lose anything over there, and I do not need to go back looking for it because he's done. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, he, he right. is absolutely done. one of my personal mentors. I've known Sergeant Major Birch for a long time. He, I tell you, every job he went to, he got better and better and better. He continued to set the standard for everybody. He was an inspiration to everybody. There's so many battlefield legends and stories about what he did at Haditha Dam with the Rangers and just a fantastic, one of my early memories of him when I was going through training uh, back at Fort Bragg, I came onto the compound and I came down this hill and I saw a man running with body armor on with a gas mask on. And uh, you know, he has a distinctive hair color. He's uh, a little bit gray. And I knew who it was. I heard those stories and I was still going through training at the time. And I was like, oh man, you know, that's, that's the standard. And he, Greg Birch is always a guy that you try to be like. That guy is an absolute warrior. You know, and with that background, this will mean even more to you. When I was talking to him on the phone about going to Iraq, I put together a team. We were going to recover and help about 30 women that had been held captive by ISIS. So not a small gig. You know, when he said, 
uh, Victor, I didn't lose anything. I don't need to go back. I said, Greg, I would never ask you, but my wife's going. She's on the team, and I need one person to get her out if we get wrapped around the axle. He knew exactly what I meant. He was quiet. Then he said, give me the date, time of the flying out. I'll be at your house the night before. And he pulled up in his old legendary Bronco. That's, uh, you know, amazing. And and he was, for those of you listening, uh, it's hard to describe uh, when men get switched on in a way that you would never expect it because it takes that type of uh, pressure and stress to see actually some of the best things come out of men of war. But he, he was funny because we'd look around and go, hey, where did Greg go? He'd be on a route. He'd be overwatch. And then he'd show up right next to you and you'd go, oh, oh, there you are. He could blend in and out. It was incredible. So one more story. Just put a smile on your face because we're talking about leadership today with my guest, Tom D. Tommaso. And we're talking about Greg Birch, a legendary um, special operations leader. So we were in Burma together a number of years ago, and we were doing some stuff over there with Free Burma Rangers, and uh, we were doing training. We were training them local guys up to to help against uh, the Burmese Army and humanitarian work, but it, it was a Ranger leadership course. But the night he was up to speak to them, it was about 150 of them. Imagine this. It's that night. You know, the, the dimly lit lights are run off of a solar battery and he's going to speak on leadership and everybody's excited right here it comes and me and him are standing off to the side and he it's his time he walks up this little bitty rickety platform it's hot and he steps up he goes uh i want to thank dave eubanks i want to thank my friend victor marks and he's he's doing his courtesies and then he goes i've been asked to speak on leadership and then he pulls out a piece of paper, looks at it, and he goes, the best thing I can say about leadership is take care of your people. He folded it, put it in his pocket, and he walked off the platform right into the jungle. It was the most surreal thing where people were just kind of looking around. And even Dave Eubanks, former SF commander, he, he gets up, he goes, I'm totally convicted. <laughs> And uh, it was funny because I guess the next night we were doing some stuff, but me, Dave, and Greg were coming back. And there was just three of us on a little trail. We were doing some shooting. We had come back. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm in the middle with Dave Eubank in front of me, Greg Brunch behind me. Man, I'm just humbled to be Sam bodies, stinking warriors. And that's what men can do. Good men can inspire others to do great things. And I think that's what people don't understand. But what I hope one of the takeaways of today is you got to care about the people to your left and your right, starting with your own family, starting with the company you work at. And if, if it's not normal, then you, you be the one that sets the standard. Yeah. Now you've been awarded a silver star, purple and three bronze stars, combat infantryman's badge and armed forces, expeditionary mail, two legions of mail. There are people listening, they don't really know what that means. So can I ask you about um, the Legions of Merit? That is rare. And I think that's the only 
uh, award that hangs around a, a soldier's neck outside of other than the Medal of Honor. Right. Would you share with our audience a little bit about that? I wish I could. Uh, <laughs> I do wish I could. Uh, it is absolutely my honor. I, I did receive two legions of merit. Uh, it is, like you said, the the only award that can be worn around the neck other than the Medal of Honor. And um, I wish I could tell you. Yeah. That's my point. That's actually my point. I want people to understand that's how secretive this work is. And for someone to earn that and be awarded that, it's pretty amazing. Now, we've been talking about legends, Greg Birch, uh, a colleague of ours, uh, Jeff Teagues. You know, you fall into that category, sir. Like it or not, you you are spoken of in such high regard as a leader. And when when there's an element of legendary status while the person's still alive, uh, quite the weight to bear. But with that... Let's get some advice from you on leadership, starting with the parents who have a young person who's living in their basement, gaming, and um, are frustrated, to a young person who's saying, I want to be more, but I just don't feel like or seem like I, how, how, I, you know, I'm not in the military, I, I, I'm not finding great leaders. And then finally, for the man, just for the man that's going, I never joined the military, but I, I, I want to be a leader. I, I want to be a better person. I want to be a warrior at heart. What are some basic things you could tell them or direction give them? And, and even specifically, if your company offers courses that would help them. That's a, a huge, I know, huge I know. topic. No, I think you're spot on, Victor, because I, I will tell you, I, I have a son who's serving in the Army on active duty right now. So now I'm kind of on the other end of this, and it really sucks. Yep. Um, you know, when, when I deployed, I was not worried about my, my well-being at all. Uh, and I didn't really understand how bad it was for my family until I retired from the military. And obviously now I'm seeing this on the other end. When my son just got back, thank God, from a full-year rotation with 10th Mountain Division in mm. Afghanistan. So he's back now and, and going through the captain's career course. Nice. So I couldn't be more proud of him. Uh, my daughter recently married is due to have a baby in June. Uh, she lives in Portland, Maine, so I can't be prouder of her. And she is such an extraordinary woman uh, at such a young age. She's uh, working full time, uh, going to have a baby, and her company cannot promote her fast enough. She is doing really, really well. I think she's practicing good leadership. You know, here she is. She's 27 years old. And her bosses are talking about her like she's a person with 50-year-old experience. You know, and the way she mm. deals with her clients and the way she talks to people, the way she carries herself, and the example that she's setting as a leader in an organization. And she's kind of the newbie. I mean, she's been there for a couple of years now, so she's not really the newbie anymore. They've promoted her a couple of times now. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm so proud of my children because, you know, I think every father, when you're going through the process of being a father, I always thought I sucked at it. I never right. thought I was doing it right because I, I saw a lot of the things especially coming and going back and forth overseas and coming back to a deployment, you know, I felt like I was never there for them. And right. uh, I, I don't know how to say it other than I can't be prouder than I am of both my son and my daughter and what they're doing. My wife is an absolute angel. We lived in North Carolina for, for 20 years. 
12 years in the Army. I was in North Carolina. Then we stayed in North Carolina for a little bit while our kids got through college and everything. And my wife is an angel. She she held it together while I was deployed for so long. I would come home cranky and angry. And and uh, I don't know if she realizes the impact she personally has had on our family and on keeping me sane. Um, I guess I just don't know how to put it into words. She's an angel. I, I get it. But for folks, it's kind of like, like my daughter, who's not in the military, but she's being a leader. And my son, who... I missed his high school career, to be honest with you, when I was in Iraq and Afghanistan, and it breaks my heart. But he's doing exceptionally well uh, in the military, which I, I, I am not surprised at because of his the way he cares about people. And that's what it comes down to. And that's what mm. we teach in our classes. Leadership is not about military stuff. It's not mm. about combat. It's not about Al-Qaeda and defeating networks. It's about people. And when you are sincere about it, and when you care about people and you put people first in front of your own personal needs, that's one of the fundamentals of leadership. And we do teach it. The number one class we teach in our company called DECO, and you can find us at d-co.us on the website. Send me an email. I'll be happy to answer any questions. But the number one class we teach, and we teach for corporate America, military, and then first responders. I have 20 folks in our company, men and women, and we provide tactical training and leadership training for first responders, military, and corporations. We have 17 different programs of instruction. The number one thing we talk about and teach is called leadership planning and decision making. Mm. And one of the core fundamentals that we talk about is leadership is about people. It's not about your equipment. It's not about your systems. It's not about how much money you have or who you are or what your mission is. It's about the people in your organization. And it doesn't matter if you're a Ford Motor Company or if you're a Coca-Cola or if you're in the military serving in Afghanistan. Leadership is about people. And I will tell you this, the, the difference between corporate leadership and military leadership. A lot of people, especially when we start talking with first responders, I've had some first responders say, "Uh, we don't need that military stuff. We're not in the military. We do it different. Now, when you peel back all those onion layers of what it is about leadership, it's not about Los Angeles versus Afghanistan or the border patrol versus the military versus a police officer. It doesn't matter whether you're a civilian leader or a military leader. Leadership is about people. The difference is the consequence. In the military, if you screw up, people are going to die. In corporate America, it's a little bit different. You know, their decision-making process may or may not, most of the time, it doesn't levy grave consequences, whereas on the military side and the first responder side, it does. But barring that, leadership is the same. And if you look up the word leadership, uh, it doesn't have the word military in it. And, Mm. uh, you know, on the tactical side, if you're going to commit men and women into harm's way, then leadership planning, decision making, have got to be a part of your fundamental organizational skills. You're not going to arrest someone every single time you go on a mission. For the Air Force combat controllers, you're not going to drop a bomb on a house on every single mission you go overseas. For the firefighters in the United States, they're not going to fight a fire on every single mission that you go on. It may not come to that, but you should do some type of planning on every single mission you go on. And that's where we really emphasize 
deliberate planning and rapid planning. A lot of the same tools can be used in the same techniques, but no matter what, no matter what organization you do, you may not hit the ball every time you come up on the plate, but you're going to do some type of planning before every mission that you go on. And uh, we really emphasize that. And that's what we share with first responders in the United States. There are people listening right now that, I mean, they're on the edge of their seat now because they know they're getting the goods from someone who's lived it. Uh, and they're saying, okay, great. I can actually benefit from this, even though I wasn't in the military in the role that I'm in. And I want us to get more into that, the nitty gritty, right? The the tactics or techniques or approaches or whatever, uh, could you stay around for one more day and we're going to uh, do part two of this broadcast. Would that be okay? Absolutely. I appreciate the support. Super. You guys, how fun is this? I mean, you're getting to sit down and talk to and visit with a retired Lieutenant Colonel who was in the special operations command, spent 20 years in the U S army has been awarded incredible awards. He's done the things that people who watch the movies want to do and be, it, it, remember, great things have great consequences as well. He's paid a price for it. But the fact that he is doing what he's doing to help those here uh, listening and watching and continuing with his own company uh, is a testament to just the character and quality of this man. So we're very blessed to have Tom D. Tommaso on this program today. And we're going to pick it up tomorrow. So tune in so you don't miss the second half of this. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, do it full throttle for the glory of God. Thank you for joining us today. So go get it done. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.